Cheer up, Sailor Moon. <gasps> I strongly believe in you, Sailor Moon, and I have a special place for you in my heart. Oh, way cool. Thanks for your confidence, Tuxedo Mask. Moon Podcast Escalation! Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime to talk about why it is that we love it so much. Usually we talk about why it is that we love it so much. Sometimes sometimes it gets a little dicier. Wait a minute. Are you suddenly indicating that you don't like this episode? It's not my fave. (gasps) I loved this episode. I have complicated feelings about this episode let's not get into it yet let's not get into that's it right yet. everybody the block of wood is taking the spotlight it's wood block mania nope. as we get episode 78 of sailor Minar, venus minako's nurse mayhem uh it's a weird one i would i mean like i'll tell you right now definitely watch it <laughs> but uh but yeah complicated feelings about this episode to help us talk about it, we have invited back from last week's episode, Anita Petro. Anita, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me again. Real real quick, I know we're going to do final thoughts about the episode at the end. What? what are what are your thoughts? Like, just real quick thoughts going into this one. Not a fan. Oh, I'm alone. Not a fan. I I'm like what again. it sets out to do. I don't like what it, where it ends up, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's been a while since we've had a spotlight episode, and I think we can all agree that that Venus is the character most in need of spotlight episodes. For sure, especially ones where she doesn't like try to kill her her former rivals. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a weird one, but we will be getting into that later. Uh, Anita, we talked about your history with Sailor Moon. We talked about your favorite scout, all of that stuff last week. We we even talked about your stances. On the two great romances of this show, uh, Usagi and Memoru, and the much greater romance, the central romance, the miracle romance, <sighs> no, that is that Ami is, and Makoto. That is patently false. We And we've, yeah, we know that you like Memoru. Did we ever talk about, we didn't talk about Rini, I don't think, because she wasn't in the episode much. Oh, I don't like her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, is a, that is a blunt statement. <laughs> yeah, no, Good. I don't like her, and you can get rid of her, and I'd be fine. One of the things we talked about last week was that you watched the show, you know, unlike a lot of our guests, you watched the show when you were younger, and then didn't watch it for 20 years until you until you started listening to Sailor Business, and these two episodes are the first you've actually sat down and watched. Do you think that dislike of, of Rini is, is left over from your childhood? Like, do you think it would change watching it from a different perspective? I think it would. I think a lot of why I don't like Rini is because when I watched it originally, she was theoretically way too close to my age. So she would have been what, like five. I would have been nine. I had cousins at the time who were like four and five years old. And I found them incredibly annoying because I was nine and attempting to be a grown up, And they were five and still kids in my mind. So... I kind of lumped Rini in with that age group. And yeah, 
I still think of her as that kind of annoying yeah, child I, that I don't want to have to deal with or be told like, Anita, you're the big girl. You've got to babysit them now. Yeah, I think it's very easy for kids to not like the kid character, whether whether it's because of that, whether it's because you know, you're just getting out of that age where you would otherwise relate to them or or whether it's just like, you know, like kids can kind of tell when they're being pandered to. Like, you know, when a character is added to kind of appeal to the youth market, you know, not not everybody's a Robin, you know, and I, I, I feel like uh, Chibiusa walks that line a lot of the time between being, you know, like, like Jordan kind of really coming around on her. And, you well, know, I I don't really want to, you know, I don't w- want her to be around, but I also don't want her to not be around on the show, I guess. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think you're supposed to not not like her there's that was a double negative uh so that was poorly phrased i don't she's your favorite character no see that's not what i'm saying she's your favorite scout your favorite character no 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 i'm saying i think that she's intentionally a jerk and annoying and i think you're supposed to be like oh my god but that's part of what makes her her and then once in a while you go oh she's just a kid like she's not so bad and then she's a jerk and annoying again and you go oh just like Usagi. Yep. Well, we get that in this episode full on. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that in a few moments. Uh, I think we're going to take some some listener questions and some some listener comments that are coming in over over Twitter and email. Yeah. What do you want to do first? Uh, well, I've got a I've got an email here. This is about something that we talked about uh, a few episodes ago. We talked about the 65 episode limit that Sailor Moon went through in its first run in syndication. And uh, I did not really know why that happened. We have since been informed by a lot of people that that is a, like, that is, you know, as I suspected, that's the 13 weeks. That's the the three months, no repeats, running daily is 65 episodes. So a lot of shows, I think someone uh, sent us the, the TV tropes list of how many shows either have a 65 episode run or a, a, uh, 65 episode first season, but we got a very, very uh, detailed email from Tropical Blitz, uh, who writes in to say, first, uh, R is the start of my favorite season, or R is my favorite season because it marked the start of the careers of some of my favorite and creative anime directors, uh, Kunihiko Ikuhara. Uh, but I will say, if I had to be thankful to Sailor Moon kickstarting a director's career on the right foot, it would be his predecessor, Takuya Igarashi, of course. And then goes into the explanation. Uh, as we, we said, it's a policy regarding children's cartoons uh, at the time called the 65-episode rule. Uh, many reasons why the rule was imp- implemented, but the major one was that it was the magic number when it came to how long a show could be run in syndication and be profitable. It goes into all that. It's a very detailed explanation. And is also, Tropical Blitz is shocked that I did not know the reason about this uh, because the original run of Batman stopped at episode 65, uh, Batman the Animated Series. Uh, in regards to how this relates to Sailor Moon, at the time Deke brought the show over, they hadn't originally planned for the standard number of episodes, or they had originally planned for the standard number of episodes for a syndicated run at the time, which was 65. From what they thought at the time, they hadn't really considered the show to become the hit it would become, so there wasn't much concern that it wouldn't conclude the English run right in the middle of the second series without a proper conclusion. There are many theories about why Deke didn't immediately jump on dubbing the remainder of the show after the original run had concluded, but the most common ones were that they didn't see a need to spend more money on the show when they thought they could make as much as they could off of it with just those 65 episodes. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, like, they're not wrong. You know, people. We, I kept watching. Yeah, it's, it's not like I went. Oh, it's really satisfying ending. You, listen, you don't have to tell me, but I, but I still watched it again. You know what I mean? I just went. Now we'll watch it again. I guess maybe, maybe the next time they'll finish it. Oh, they didn't. Well, let's watch it again. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, eventually, one of Canada's biggest toy companies, Irwin Toys and YTV, decided that it made no sense not to strike while the iron was hot. So they got together and approached Deke to dub more episodes from Sailor Moon R with the offer to fund the new episodes. With that, the remainder of Sailor Moon R was brought to the English world to enjoy. Coincidentally, at the same time, the company that was Pioneer Entertainment realized that Sailor Moon movie distribution rights were up for grabs, so they got them and also approached Deke to help with dubbing them to maintain some measure of consistency between the films and the TV show. As for what happened afterwards, the contract with Deke ended, so Toei Animation, rather than renewing their contract, decided they could handle the show's third and fourth seasons, uh, English localization themselves. So they went to their overseas branch, Cloverway Incorporated, in Long Beach, California, and they managed the English dubbing and distribution of one of the only shows to ever be dubbed in English personally. Uh, in regards to what happened to the Deke dub, ADV Films bought the rights to their dub for the first two seasons uh, for distribution of DVD, and that continued until the, di- the day where ADV came face-to-face with bankruptcy. I remember that happening because I was reading uh, ADV manga at the time, and it also ended in the middle of a couple of series. To escape that fate, they did what Queen Serenity did to the Silver Crystal by splitting it into the Rainbow Crystals, utilizing some business voodoo and actual witchcraft. They now live on in the form of many different companies still licensing and distributing anime. Uh, sort of like Gigi seems to have done when he got together with Ray's grandma. <laughs> no one knows for sure why the fifth season never had an English dub afterwards when it aired in places such as Mexico, Brazil, Italy, and Germany without much issue. And there are rumors for the reason, but nothing substantial. All we know is that the final English Sailor Moon season was the fourth season for years ever since until Viz Media gained the rights to the dub to dub and release the fifth season along with the older seasons. Uh, so yeah, it's a complicated history about how and why Sailor Moon was dubbed in English and brought to America. So thank you for sending that in. That was very informative. And uh, I'll forward you that entire email, uh, Jordan, because it's got some really, really cool tidbits in there yeah. about the history of Sailor Moon. Hell yeah. I, I'm excited to, to keep going through it. I mean, yeah, I, like obviously it's all rumor about why they didn't dub stars, but having seen stars, I get it. It's batshit bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't and- wait. I'm there's so things, excited. There's things that there's things that middle school American children weren't ready for. <laughs> like or, like dating a horse? Or no, oh, that's, that's in that's before stars. Your worries. That's that's before <laughs> stars. Uh, well, and I should say, I don't I, sh- I don't necessarily mean they weren't ready for, but at least America didn't want them to be ready for or didn't want to have to explain to them. <laughs> Much like us and the 5-year-old who's listening to our show. <laughs> Look, look, that's not on us anymore. No, that's not our, that's not our, that's not our concern. Yep, you're right. But yeah, like, as always, if we, if we mention something and you want to send us a clarification, if you want to send us some more information about something we have a, a question with, whether it's, uh, it's cultural, whether it's the history of the anime and how it, it, it was changed, uh, the people behind it and why sometimes uh, characters have super long necks and why sometimes they look like they're from Rama one half. Uh, feel free to uh, send those to sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Yay. So let's do some uh, Twitter questions, shall we? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Thank you. Anita uh, Petro asks, now uh, this is obviously related to that what is, we have. That is our guest on the That's show also right me. now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wait a minute. I'm totally. <laughs> well, you asked. Uh, we, uh, this must have been right after. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got super confused. Right after Katzi uh, got finished or got healed, uh, that 
the theme was the same as when Nephrite dies, which begs the question, who is better, him or Katzi? So I forgot I asked that. You did. It was a, that's because it was a long time ago. We're a little behind on questions. D- that doesn't mean stop sending questions, everyone. Keep tweeting us questions. We definitely will need them. So there you go. That's the second time that that's happened, isn't it? Where I've gotten to a question that a guest asks when the guest is there. That's pretty funny. Is it? Who was, who was the other? I don't remember, but I do remember it happening. Wow. Okay. So yeah, who, who's worse? Who's, who's worse, there? Nephrite or, or Katzi? I mean, it's got to be Nephrite, right? It's got to be Nephrite. Well, <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, are, do we subscribe to the theory that they're both actually decent people who got, like, corrupted by evil? I think it is easier to look at the Spectre sisters as being corrupted by dark energy because they are they are moon healed and, and then just become like normal people who are still like, you know, like they still kind of bicker and fight. They still have the same personalities. They're just not like, you know, murdering infants. Uh, whereas with the 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 negaverse, the the dark kingdom, they're just bad. <laughs> they're just bad people. But they're not, right? Because like they, they used, used to be, be Darian's four generals. Right. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think they get corrupted. I think they're just bad. Like I think they I think they turn. I I think they they change and then what happens to Nephrite is, you know, ne- Nephrite isn't magicked into being relatively decent. Like he makes that change on his own. Okay, so like, you're saying he yeah, is, okay, so you're saying like he's like he's like Anakin Skywalker style like giving into the dark side, but it's not like it's not like there's a thing you could filter out and then he's good again. It's like he just yeah. made a choice to go bad. I think I mean I think you can make the same argument for the Spectre sisters that they're, you know, probably not good people. The the fact that, that they get moon healed and then like it in my head, in in, in my head canon, like the the silver crystal just removes the dark energy from them. Well, and but it also turns go. them human, quote unquote. Yeah, but I think that's because they all of their all of their powers, all the stuff that makes them, you know, they're floating, they're teleporting, their their high fashion outfits. I think those are all products of the dark energy. Mm, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think Katzi is a less pleasant person. <laughs> like she's much more of a jerk than Nephrite, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Do we do we need to go back to Nephrite? Do we need to talk about Nephrite? I think Nephrite is even e- more deeply evil, but I think Katzi is like very petty and jerky, and Nephrite uh, is. Am I wrong? I mean, Nephrite one hundred percent manipulates, gaslights, and fake seduces <laughs> a fourteen-year-old girl. Maybe real and seduces. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> And I mean, yes, Katzi oh, attempts to murder an infant with her sister, but yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a there's a sustained level of manipulation with Nephrite that it's. I mean, first of all, it is it is a as the sounds of battle rage in the background as Jordan and I argue about this. No, but, uh, but it is what, a, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is more like uh, I think he is a worse person across the board. Like he is a a deeper level of evil and bad, whereas. Yes. But if I was going to spend time with one of them, I'd probably rather spend time with him because Katzi's a jerk and annoying. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Anita, this was your question. See, I think Nephrite's the baddie. I think between yeah, the two same. of them, he's the one who's quote unquote batter to the bone than any of the Spectre sisters. Do you think, now it's because obviously we discussed this at the time, do you think he earned his redemption at all or no? 
I haven't. Okay, so I haven't actually watched that episode. But if my memory oh, serves right. correct, was, I do yeah. think I believe he earned his redemption. Like thinking um, back on it, I think I well, was happy me, with the fact that he turned good at the end there before dying. But yeah, I actually, I absolutely think Nephrite is a, is the worst person. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 ha- again, we we sort of discussed it at the time, so I won't go into too deep. But like when when we watched it recently, it was like, oh yeah, I remember him earning his redemption when I was young. But now I was like, mm, I'm a little more, <laughs> I'm a little less uh, convinced. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. I think it comes on real quick. I mean, I think it's, I think it's good. But if you go back to those episodes and listen, I yeah, he he, he might be the worst. Of the four kings of heaven. What? No I mean, way. I mean, Malachite's pretty, or Kunzite's pretty bad. Yeah. Kunzite is pretty, pretty bad. But, like, Nephrite is is a really terrible person who, who kind of, you know, kind of, in the last five minutes of his life, turns relatively decent. So While does Darth Vader. Who, wait, who was? I was saying, so does Darth Vader. He's only good for the last five minutes of his life. Yeah, well, nobody thinks yeah, I don't think Darth Vader's, uh, <laughs> Darth Vader's redemption is earned either, to be quite honest with you. I just want to mention, so we just, obviously, we just answered your Twitter question. And last episode, you mentioned that you, it, it would be pointless to follow you on Twitter. You only tweeted twice. Those are both tweets to and about us. Yup. <laughs> we are the only reason you have Twitter. Yeah, this podcast is the only reason I have Twitter. There was a the question you sent, and then a drawing of of tennis ball Sailor Moon, and those are the only things you've ever tweeted. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, I do not have that drawing of Sailor tennis ball Sailor Moon faved like I do all the others, so that is now faved. There, <laughs> excellent. Because I I don't remember how I found out about this podcast. I I heard it on some other podcast that I was listening to, and started listening. Um, I think you guys were a little bit into it, so I binge listened to I don't know, a good ten. 15 episodes while I was doing that drew the picture and uh, my brother was like you should send that picture in and I said I don't have Twitter he says one how do you not have Twitter and two you should go make a Twitter account and send it in so there you go well thank you thank you yeah I mean I know our Twitter is very active so yeah I know if you if you're out there and you don't have Twitter I mean I'm not gonna make you get Twitter just for our podcast but you are kind of missing out because we get a lot of great stuff on Twitter and we retweet a lot of stuff that's great and it's pretty awesome yeah, plus the T-shirts. We're going to be uh, putting links to the T-shirts up there when they go up. So, Jordan, do we have any other questions? All sorts of other questions. Joshua Unra says, what episode of Sailor Moon 92 needs retelling as a hard-boiled detective slash Rosencrantz and Guildenstern story starring Tuxedo Mask? Ooh, starring, see, starring Tuxedo Mask is the, <laughs> the, the caveat there. Because I was immediately going to go with, uh, you know that episode or that issue of Daredevil, uh, the Frank Miller uh, Guts? The one where, where that follows Foggy. Okay, it's a very, it's a very uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead style story where Foggy is pretending to be, or, or, or trying to to act like a hard boiled private eye and solve a crime, and Daredevil's of course doing all the stuff in the background. Oh, Guts Nelson, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That is the kind of story I would like to see with Naru. No, like I think I, I think Naru having to deal with a monster. Or, and, or maybe find out why the, all these businesses are closing. Uh, or, or, you know, discovering Sailor Moon's secret identity. Because we're at the point where she knows now, right? She yes. definitely knows by the end of this season. I would season. say so. I would say so. But here's the thing. We, we've talked plenty about Naru. Now we're talking about Tuxedo Mask. And Tuxedo I'll tell Mask's you. in every episode. No, but that's exactly it. But here's the thing. I like Tuxedo Mask. I'm a fan of Tuxedo Mask. 
And yet I've actually never really considered this question before. And now that I've, now that I literally like this minute of him of reading that out loud and going, wait a minute, huh? It's really making me think like, what, what is a tuxedo mask adventure? Because it must be so unsatisfying, right? Like, what does he do? do? Is it literally just, he just goes around like living his life and all of a sudden goes, Oh, she's in danger. And then he like transforms, runs to her, throws one rose and is like, Oh, phew, done. Whew, good thing I'm done. And then leaves while she wraps it up. Like, is that his whole thing or is he actively doing anything? So in the beginning, like the first season of Sailor Moon, I feel like that would be a very interesting, what, what is Tuxedo Mask doing series? I think after they defeat Queen Beryl, there's unfortunately nothing more interesting that he's doing from now until the end of the show. Because, well, it's, you know, what's, what's funny is even, even before Queen Beryl, then you have sort of a, (laughs) sort of a sophisticated Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because if you remember, he had like uncontrollable Hulk transformations and didn't remember anything. So he would just be like walking along like doo, 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 doo. and all of a sudden he'd be like, oh, what's happening? Like there's a crystal. And then he'd turn into like tuxedo mask and then be like, I got to find the silver crystal. That's yeah, but crazy at least he too. was looking for something in the first yeah, season. That's true. He had a, a thing to do. Yeah. And I, I assume I there was see... probably some research that went into attempting to find... I want to know who sits in Tuxedo Mask's version of the video game console, giving him instructions. <laughs> he like look. He should have a cat. There should be a third cat. There it's just his memories. It's just. It's have just we talked before memory. about how Luna and Artemis are the dark side and the light side of the moon, and how I think I just realized that like one's <laughs> black and one's white, and well, that's why. I mean, sure, but what is that even like? Luna's not the dark side of anything. Luna is great. Yeah, but look, it, it took me until, like, it is only last year that I realized that his name is Artemis because Artemis is the goddess of the moon. Like That's why his name is Endymion. Is oh. it? Yeah, no, Darian's prince name is, he's Prince Endymion. And the reason is in, I guess, Greek mythology, Endymion was this incredibly beautiful boy who the moon fell in love with. Oh, yeah, that's, I think we have talked about that on the show before. So Tuxedo Mask needs a cat. Here's here's what I'm gonna do. Here's how I'm gonna here's how I'm gonna uh, Tara, Tuxedo Mask Cat Tara. There we go. Oh. Just a bit, just a big old like a well, big no. old Hang red on. butler sized cat. Then, then give him the a cat dog. That's six times larger than Luna and Artemis. Give him a dog. Hmm, that could work. Or a horse. Here's what I want to do. Something order- way bigger than Luna and Artemis. To solve this, what I want to do is let's let's have the episode where this happens be the the death of um uh God what the hell is his name. Jedite, our favorite, because that episode sucks, right? But maybe the tuxedo mask side of it could be interesting. So it's about like, because again, if you remember, like that's he actually gets to have like a fight with him at the end. Mm-hmm. So that could be like a cool ending to the story. Like it actually has an actual fight. And um, I don't know, like like him him because again, it, it starts with that giant vision of Jedite in the in the in the sky going like Sailor Moon, I'm gonna destroy you. And so then he can see that and then be actively like, oh no, like I have to do something. I don't know, it could be cool. That could be a good one. In my mind, I just keep seeing like a Arkham City style game, but it's like Arkham Tuxedo Mask. Well, that makes sense since him and Batman are so similar. Moving on. Next question. (laughs) Uh, Next question. Let's see what we got. All right. uh, This next question is about something that uh, was talked about a lot on the internet, but we didn't, I don't think, talk about it on the show ever. Uh, 
James Fletcher says, do you think Usagi would approve of the menu at the Sailor Moon Cafe? There was a, uh, a, a Sailor Moon themed restaurant that opened up uh, called the Chibiusa Cafe. Where is it? Um, it was a limited time eatery. Yeah, in Tokyo, in Rapongi Hills, uh, just in a shopping place, I guess it looks like. Uh, but I've got a, an article yes, here. Yes, humans are very into restaurants these days. <laughs> um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll send it this so that we're all looking at the same uh, article. But it's an article here that has the menu, and it shows pictures of all the foods. Uh, so first up is the Sailor Moon special hamburger with star-shaped tater tots. So it's, it looks like a burger on some sort of pink bun. I don't know what the deal is with okay. that. With uh, It looks like bacon and a fried egg. Sounds good. That's some thick bacon. That's like that's like it looks to me like that might be a hot dog split in half. Uh I don't think it's a hot dog, but it is very thick bacon. Uh okay. yes. I don't know, it looks pretty cool. I like I like the pink bun. I like that the bun is decorated to look like the locket. That's pretty awesome. Like does the bun t- like is that taste different or is it just colored pink? If it's just colored pink, sure. Whatever, I'll eat it. Usually in Japanese food, when you see the different colored buns, like this is something that, you know, if you know about the uh, the angriest Whopper that they have at Burger King where it has the hot sauce infused bun, like that's originally a, a Japanese thing. So it might have some kind of flavor, uh, but it also might just be pink. I don't know. I, know I would when, definitely eat that. When they did, so maybe six, eight months ago, there was a really big um, black burger craze that went through Thailand um, and Southeast Asia. And yeah, I heard about that. Those buns were just normal bread buns that happened to be black. <laughs> I don't know so if this pink one follows the same idea, but they do do a lot of kind of food dyeing here that doesn't necessarily translate into a different kind of taste. Okay. Uh, I would absolutely eat this burger, and I think uh, it looks like something that Usagi would also eat. Yeah, I'm on board. Amy would eat it. Star-shaped tater tots. Oh, of course Amy would eat it. Yes, and we would get a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, the next uh, dish is the Tuxedo Masks Nihilistic Pasta featuring a pie crust mask and spicy tomato sauce. Why is it nihilistic pasta? <laughs> what does that mean? He's a nihilist, dude. Since when? <laughs> I don't go. Say what you want about the tenets of the Silver Millennium, but at least it's an ethos. Like top five words that describe Tuxedo Mask. I probably wouldn't be like, well, nihilistic. Like What? I gotta say, I love the picture of this. If you if you if you can go look at this because it it looks like a piece of fan art we would have gotten for the show because it's literally a plate of spaghetti with a mask on it on a black plate. And there's it rose looks petals. like tuxedo spaghetti. There's rose petals all over the pasta. They must oh. be fake, right? Like you can't eat rose petals, right? I don't know. Aren't roses poisonous or something? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to pass on this one because it's spicy and I don't like spicy things. Mm. I don't know if Yusagi... Yusagi likes spicy things, right? So she'd probably be fine with it. She would... Listen, is there a well, food that she would say no to? Like, I don't know what food we're going to hit and go, no, she'd never eat that. No, I'll, t- like, I'll, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> scrolling down this menu, Usagi would eat all of these things. Uh, next up, we have three variety talisman curry with the magical items of Sailor Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto accompanied by spin- uh, yellow spinach and squid ink... No, yellow... Spinach and squid ink roux. Uh, these look awesome. These look amazing. I love uh, that dagger. The, yeah, the, the Uranus and Neptune, like, edible sword. Oh, like, oh, that looks so awesome. And mirror, and then the, like, the top of Pluto's staff, basically. Yeah, the top of Pluto's staff. It looks super awesome. I would, I would be one million percent into eating this. I'm not super curry-ish, so I probably wouldn't eat this one either. <laughs> 
Okay, now we get down into the desserts. Yes, and I gotta say, uh, our first thing is the Heavenly Miracle Romance Parfait, which is as though Sailor Moon herself was transformed into a dessert. <laughs> it looks amazing. But, but, how are you gonna have a parfait at a Sailor Moon themed restaurant and it's not the Naru and Nephrite chocolate parfait? That's on the show. You're right. Look, you're right. It's a bummer, but this looks tasty. No, it looks amazing. It definitely <laughs> it is. It's got strawberries in it. I don't know what the flavors of the of the stuff inside, but like you can see the strawberries at least. It is 1250 yen, which is about what, like 15 bucks. <laughs> I would absolutely pay 15 bucks for this. Oh yeah, that's a lot. Then we have Chibiusa's custard pudding a la mode. Literal moon pudding. Pudding with ice <laughs> cream on it. Moon pudding. But it's pudding with ice cream on it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Why don't, sounds we do awesome. that? Why don't we do that here? I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. We'll have to. And then the final one is the Luna P Ball Berry Moose. So it looks like it's, uh, yeah, like a berry moose made into a Luna P. It's pretty amazing with lots of fruit around it. Yeah. And the, the ears are strawberries, which I think is really cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That looks great, too. All of those desserts, Usagi would eat a thousand times over. And I'm with her. Uh, there's also the Five Sailor Senshi Beauty Juice, which ha- is there's a, a yellow one, a red one, a pink one for uh, Usagi, and then a blue one and a green one. Uh, I bet the blue one and the green one taste really good mixed together. Is that pink? Uh, it looks like it looks like orange in the middle. No, that's that's pink because they would they wouldn't make an orange one for Usagi. No, the orange, like, the orange one is for for Minako. You can see it on the side. Uh, I, don't know. I, I thought that was yellow. I don't know. And I'll tell you what trying. looks awesome. I don't know what's in it, but there is a evil black crystal cocktail i want that but again yes it looks like it looks like queen barrel in cocktail form i, I don't was know so sad when i saw the advertisement for this whole thing because i'm gonna be in japan this summer and it the whole thing closes like a couple days before i get there yeah it says it's oh, open no. till june 19th i wanted to go so bad my husband is, was less enthusiastic about wanting to go but I was going to drag him to see the... Because this is attached, I think, to an exhibit as well. Yeah, a Sailor Moon art exhibit. I'm so sad uh, we're going to well, miss I, it. Honestly, I don't know if we have any listeners that are in Japan. I know we have listeners, obviously, who have been to Japan and come back. But if you, uh, if you are in Japan, if you are planning to go there, please eat at the Sailor Moon uh, Cafe and tell us what all the food is. Please eat everything on the menu so that we can live... <laughs> Through you. Yeah, and send us a, send us a detailed email at sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. All right, and I think, do uh, you think it's time to get into the episode, Jordan? Do we have sure. one we can do quickly, or should uh, we just move on? A quick one? Let's see if there's a quick one here. Yeah, all right, here's a really quick one. Former guest of the show, Art, uh, Artly, asked us, do we plan on giving Sailor Moon Crystal another chance with the new season out? Yeah, I guess... I'm just not excited about it anymore. Like, if you go back and listen to the early episodes of this podcast, I was so excited. Yeah. I mean, I feel so uh, early. But people keep saying to us, oh, my God, season three is so much better. Like, everything is really cool. Yeah, but, I mean, you you know how I am. Like, I'm a completist. Like, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch all of it. Like, I watched 800 episodes of Power Rangers because I wanted to know what was up with Mystic Force. Did you really watch 800 episodes? Yes. Half hour episodes? I have watched, well, t- some of them are as short as 19 minutes, but yes. <laughs> But even if you said they were 20 minutes each, that's an insanely long time. Yeah. That's impressive. Jordan, I commit. I commit to things. Apparently. I'm sitting here doing this podcast with you that we're going to be doing for four years. Well, me too, but geez. Okay. All right. Well, there we are. So that's a, so we'll probably check it out at some point, but we're not in any hurry is the answer. 
Yeah. After we get done with uh, the anime, the 92 anime, and then we go through Pretty Guardian, Sailor Moon, the live action show. Then we go through all the musicals. Then we go through the anime again. Then we'll watch Crystal. Uh, you were going to have to watch the musicals? <laughs> Are you guys going to watch, watch the last movie? Cool again. The movie, uh, we do hope to do the movies, but they're not out. Uh, that's the main thing that's stopping us is that, I, I mean, ideally we would wait until they would release them, but they haven't released them. Uh, and I don't know why. Technically, I still have the, the we still have a, a, a videotapes of two of them at, at least, but um, I don't have a VCR. So I keep expecting the, the those to be announced any day now. Yeah, I don't know why they're not. Like they're up through through supers if in anybody, terms of the the show. If anybody has uh, expertise on why the the uh, movies are not out or what the complication is there, please send that in to us too. I mean, judging by that email that we got, I assume the movie rights are done separately from the show rights, but which is weird. That would make but no. You sense. think Viz would have gotten them? Yeah, it makes no sense because they they uh, they're the same thing. Like it's not like they're super different. They're the same thing, and also. They went with the rights before, and I'm, I, I, I swear I remember Viz saying they had the rights to the movies. Maybe I'm imagining that, but I, I would swear that, that they said they were planning and hoping to put them out. If anybody has any info, like I said, send, send it to us. Either tweet it at us, at Sailor Business, or email us, SailorBusinessPodcast at gmail.com. Because, yeah, we really do want to watch them. Uh, I would say, I mean, ideally, we would probably, because it's so complicated to figure out where they take place, we would probably just do it between seasons. So yeah. if there's any chance that the movie will come out before we're done with R, I'd love to do it between R and S. Yeah. With that in mind, let's get into Sailor Moon R episode 78, Venus, Minako's Nurse Mayhem. Uh, before, as we're getting through the little, uh, you know, today on Sailor Moon segment, uh, there is a, a Japanese culture reference that I actually get for once that is not based entirely on Sailor Moon, Power Rangers, or pro wrestling. Uh, oh. Where uh, Usagi says uh, that everyone's being infected with a mysterious virus. Even Hideo Noguchi is angry. And that is something I got uh, because I was researching Japanese money not too long ago. And uh, Hideo Noguchi is on the ten or the one thousand yen uh, banknote. Oh. Uh, he is a he is a uh, well known Japanese doctor and scientist who discovered the agent of syphilis as the cause of progressive paralytic disease. So he's on the money. Okay, what does that have to do with sickness? Wait, say he that was again. A doctor. Oh, he was a doctor. Okay, great. He was a bacteriologist who. This is I'm reading directly from Wikipedia, who in 1911 discovered the agent of syphilis as the cause of progressive paralytic disease. And he is a, a famous Japanese figure. Like I said, he's on the the 1000 yen banknote uh, with his cool ass hair. He has awesome hair. All right. <laughs> that's great. I feel like that's I know, right? That could be hair from an anime. Yeah. And that's the picture of him, like the picture that's at the top of Wikipedia. That's the picture that's on the the thousand uh, yen bill. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, it looks great. So as you can tell, we're going to be dealing with uh, Black Moon Clan bacteria today. Black Moon Clan sickness. And I'll say right at the start, if they can infect the entirety of Tokyo with a plague... <laughs> Well, you you think they would have done that first? This is complicated. Okay. And, and let's get to it. But hold on, Chris, you're forgetting everybody's favorite part of the show. I exaggerate. Okay. 
Guess what the name of this episode is. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay. Um, does it does it have the word nurse in it? It does. Okay. Is it literally just uh, Nurse Mina? No. Okay. Is nurse a noun or a verb? I guess it's a noun. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like nursing. No, no, no. nursing the moon or whatever it was. No, it's not nursing the moon. No. <sighs> Let's see. Here, I'll give you a hint. It's okay. a full, it's a phrase. A phrase? Yes. Like I was going to say, like, you know. It's a complete phrase. I, I was going to say something like, you know, like, not so good nurse, but like every variation of that I can think of sounds like an adult film. You're, you are very close. Well, that's why, I, the reason I hesitated when you said noun is because I it may be considered an adjective, right? In the sense that you said before. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mina is a terrible nurse. <laughs> That's so close. Not really. The name of the episode is No Thanks, Nurse Venus. <laughs> no Thanks, Nurse Venus. Yep. That also kind of sounds like it might be an adult film. <laughs> uh, oh, do I need to catch everybody up? Are we good? We've taken a lot of time in this episode already. I don't know if we've got five seconds to spare. We probably only have one. Okay, I can, I can do it in one second. All right. Uh, Sailor Moon fights bad guys. They're from the future. They've given everybody sickness. Let's continue. Wow. Okay. That that was good. You did it. So. Well, it's Christmas. Oh, yeah. This is the Christmas episode. This is the Christmas episode. So 1993 is coming to an end. We're almost into 94. Wow. I was uh, confused over the course of this episode as to the weather in Tokyo at Christmas time. Because there are parts where people are wearing a lot of coats and stuff. It's never shown to be like snowing or anything for sure, but there are parts where they look really cold. And then there are other parts where there's, well, as always, girls in miniskirts who don't seem to be particularly cold, um, even before they transform. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what it's, is it not cold there? No, it's cold. It's, it's, cold. it's winter. Okay. So lots of, yeah, it's just that, you know, the scouts, as long as they have like a scarf, <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> sure. But I'll tell you who we do see in her winter gear uh, looking awesome. Hell yes, Maraud. Full length black uh, fur and or velvet coat with a a like uh, like a like a Russian style hat with feathers on it. She looks awesome. And don't forget a hand fan to keep her cool. <laughs> well, it's an accessory. <laughs> it's her trademark. Uh, she's also wearing like tinted sunglasses. So you she looks awesome. It. She. She looks like the 80s-est action movie villain. Uh, I love her. I love Esmeralda. I want Esmeralda that whole is outfit. So great. I want that whole outfit. It's pretty. I think it's a fur coat, too, is it? I can't tell. Or does it just have a fur collar? I, it's shiny, so I can't tell if it's like fur or velvet. But yeah. Uh, so she's, uh, so, she's standing outside watching the news through a window and seeing about how uh, everybody's getting sick from this crazy disease. Now, she says the, the flu is caused by dark power. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't think it means... Okay, the reason I don't think that it means that they literally made the the sickness is because if they did, then why is it that the... Spoiler. The medicine is what gets them energy. You could just say... We drink. We'll just use the bacteria. If you have the sickness, you give us energy. Here's what I think. I think they got to the flu shot, and so when everybody went in to get their flu shot, they were they were pumping them up with the the dark 
energy that was making them sick and then spreading around and then more people get the flu shot. And again, it just, it becomes a thing. Wait, but, oh, okay. So you're saying, all right, well, yeah, I'll see if that tracks when we get there. I, I see what you're saying now. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. That's, that's my theory as to how this plan works. My other theory is that this is a show for babies. Oh, Sure. And it's, it's not meant to hold up to two people in their 30s doing a close reading that takes hours every week. Yeah, when I when I describe this podcast, when I get to the part about our show being somewhere in the realm of three times longer than the episode we're talking about, people are usually like, oh. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a lot to discuss. So... Uh, <laughs> All of the scouts are sick. Usagi's sick. Ami's sick. Uh, Ray's sick. Uh, even Makoto, who is the, the powerful girl in love, uh, you would not think mere mortal diseases could fell her. Uh, she's even sick. Well, that, but you know who's not? You know who's up and about? The goddess of love, Mina Aiko. <laughs> the self-described goddess of love, Minako Aino. So we see a phone conversation uh, between... Uh, Makoto and Ray, and I love I love Ray's uh, sick gear because she's wearing like she's in layers. She's like totally bundled up. She has a scarf. She's got this big giant robe. Uh, she says she's burning up. That's really bad for her. If she has like a super high fever, she shouldn't be bundled up like that. Yeah, I guess that is true. What is, what does Devin think, Jordan? Uh, she's not here right now. She's at work, unfortunately. I like that Mina is essentially dressed as Sailor Venus. Like, she's wearing an orange uh, pleated skirt and, like, a big orange bow. Wait, you're already there? Like, what? wait, we're not there yet. We're still talking about the phone call. No, you, you see her before that. You see her at the okay. end of the, uh, the little pre-title teaser. Um, also, Jupiter has her hair down. Not normal. Yeah, that's a, that's a rarity. Um, Even in the height of her sickness, Usagi's got her odongos. And Ray, speaking of relationships that people read into this show, uh, Ray forgets that Mina exists in this conversation. Jupiter's like, yeah, I'm sick. Usagi's sick. Amy's sick. You're sick. And Ray's like, that's all of us. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) there's one more. Well, I do think, like, look, I do think it is reasonable to assume, given the previous 77 episodes of the show, that if something is affecting one of them, it is likely affecting all of them. Like, if they got four, they, they probably got five. Unfortunately for everyone... Mina is not sick yet. Uh, the answer to the out- question about uh, bundling up for a fever, bundling up in and of itself won't do anything. Fevers help fight infection. The key is to not let the fever get above a certain temperature. Ideally, you want to keep it below 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So as long as all that bundling isn't putting her over 104 it might not be too bad. All right. Yeah, I, I know when I had the flu, I would like I I know I had a fever, but I also like was I had chills too. So I mean, that sort uh, of makes sense in the sense up. that, uh, and, and, and I mean, this is just me spitballing. If your body is warm, then it will feel as though the world is cold, right? Yes. Yes. The world is cold, Jordan. Ugh, cynic. Cold and cruel. So yeah, uh, Minako is not sick. So she has been going around to all of the Senshi's houses and attempting to help. Uh, Why do you say attempting? She's just helping, right? I mean, I don't understand. Oh, I say attempting because we get a we pull out from uh, Makoto's bed uh, to see a disaster area, like to the point of like I don't know what Mina did to create this mess. Like, if she's trying to help with chores, I don't know what she cooked that required the use of every plate 
and every utensil. Well, you'll see over the course of this episode. She is very skilled at making a terrible, terrible mess of things. Um, yeah. So she shows up at Ray's house and she says, look, I made you uh, I made you rice gruel, which I guess doesn't sound disgusting to them automatically like it does to me. <laughs> in, in the dub, they refer to it as rice porridge, which oh, I think is a, a much more pleasant sounding. There we go. So she brings the gruel to Ray, the rice porridge to Ray, and we get an amazing scene of, you know, Mina literally like leans down on the bed, hand on chins, looking adoringly. Uh, with her eyes like shiny and huge, and we see like Ray's got these tiny little black dots for eyes, and they're just zipping back and forth between Mina and the plate in front of her. Because uh, you know Ray, Ray doesn't want to upset her girlfriend, obviously. Because no, it's because Mina they're the other is, couple on the show. Mina is incredibly adorable in this episode, even though she yes, is she a really complete is. screw up, and so. And literally, she walks in going, like, I made the, I made rice, rice grill for you. Like, I'm sure it's going to be good this time. <laughs> and Ray's like, uh, what? She's like, well, I went to the other houses and I made them rice grill and uh, it was terrible. But this time, yeah. it's much better. She actually literally says, I'm sorry what I did to both of them. <laughs> both uh, Amy and uh, Mako. Now, here's where the episode falls apart a little bit. What? Uh, Ray takes a bite and then breathes fire. It's too spicy. It's 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 horrifyingly spicy. Ray Ray, you know, she tears in her eyes, sweating, breathing hard. We, you know, the reaction of, of fire. Artemis jumps up and tastes the rice and goes, Minako, you added too much salt. If it's a, salt okay. is not hot. No, it's salt not is hot, not hot. But it is gross, and it depends how much. I mean, listen, I love salt, but if you literally put in too much salt, like way too much salt, it could cause a very violent reaction. Probably not fire. But then again, what does No, fire? of course not fire. Like, that is, like, look, this is a cartoon. We all speak the languages of cartoons. Have you ever Fire eaten? is for spiciness. Have you ever I think eaten? they said it was spicy in the Deke dub. Yeah, they would have to. They would have to say it was spicy yeah. in the Deke dub. That's the only oh, way this visual makes sense. Did you Have you ever eaten a spoonful of salt? It's not pleasant. No, I haven't eaten a spoonful of salt. I love my heart. I did. Um, and, uh... Why did you... Why? why did you eat a spoonful? Salt. It was a you know bet dare kind of situation. Uh, Jordan, you have so many weird things that you used to do to amuse yourself, like like the laying on the like laying that on was, the couch and drinking an entire two liter of soda. Not an entire. We never made it that far. We would try. Right now. Uh, no, listen. The salt thing was okay. So How like you alive. Yeah, so far, so good. But like you never know. Um, I, so it, it was. I was dared to eat a heaping spoonful of salt. And not take a drink for a minute was the second half of it. And I succeeded mm-hmm. and I won this bet. Um, however, I then made the same bet with a friend of mine and my, it made my friend violently ill. <laughs> like he could not, not only could he not get down the entire spoonful of salt, he had to run to the bathroom and vomit. <laughs> well, that's what they do. Like if you get poisoned, they make you drink just god awful amounts of salt water because it'll make you vomit. So there you go. So the, it's see, see that's a violent reaction is right for salt. Yeah, I'm just saying there is a like the the violent reaction is is one thing, but we get a very specific violent reaction of breathing fire, which that is that is pepper, that is spiciness, that is that is hot, is what that is. But we do get something that I like in this episode, 
which is that uh, Minako says, and I think this is only in the new dub, because I don't think she, th- this is an expression that that exists. It, it is in the subtitles, though, so maybe it is. But she yeah. says, I'm not really worth my salt at cooking, am I? Yep. Which is a pun. And up to now, Minako's one quirk has been that she gets uh, common expressions wrong, which does not translate well. No. <laughs> because our common expressions are different from Japan's common expressions. So I much prefer Minako and puns, like like Cassidy Stone's uh, uh, comics. Uh, I much prefer those to Minako getting those wrong. I think that's a that's a good quirk that she has. But yeah, salt salt, salt does not cause fire. And yeah, Artemis tells her to stop trying to be funny. So then it, the it increases. She spills the rice porridge on Ray's head. Then she tries to go like. Then she says, oh, I'll get you a fresh blanket. And she knocks Ray out of her bed trying to pull the blanket away. And Artemis is like, eh, Minago means well. Yeah, like it's, it's it's just this. Listen, this is this is great. This is funny. Her keep continually screwing up is hilarious. Ray says if she had ma- if she had any malice in her, she'd be a worse villain than Esmeralda. So then she makes her bed successfully. And then she says, now I have some restful sleep music that... Elicits alpha waves, although my wife was immediately like, uh, alpha waves would wake you up. These are, you want like delta waves or something. <laughs> but she tries to put that on, can't figure out how to get the radio on, accidentally blares music as loud as humanly possible, can't turn it off, and then literally explodes the stereo. <laughs> what combination of buttons makes the boombox explode? Unless it's a, a Mission Impossible style, this thing will explode in five seconds, and they just <laughs> forgot that they had that on her bookshelf. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, she, she does say like, Oh, your, your radio is different than mine. The one that I have at home. So obviously, you know, Ray's got the one with the self-destruct button. That was all the rage at the end of 1993. Yes. I had one of those. Of course. I must have missed out on that one. Yeah. I never hit it. Listen, I never, I never hit it. I kept it. Ray finally snaps, kicks Minako out. Minako's like, uh, okay, well I'm going to go help Usagi. Uh, and then we get another scene of, I guess, what Jordan would describe as eroticism back at uh, Black Moon Clan headquarters. Well, let me see what happens in it. I, I can't. I would recall. say romantic angst, but but you, you do. No, you, no, 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 no. Okay, listen. The part that made me think it was her erotically fantasizing was mostly her like writhing in space. Like the fact that she was like floating and again, not doing the normal thing where they'd stand and float, but like kind of like lie back floating, hugging herself and like squeezing her legs together. Weird. That's still on you, bro. But (laughs) But, uh, basically she just says, oh, hey, uh, just in case anybody forgot the past five minutes, this is a Dark Kingdom plot or a, a Black Moon Clan plot. And uh, this is going to be feeding the dark henge, and then I will get to be with Prince Diamond yet again soon at the Sukino household. Yeah, Ray calls Usagi up. Usagi actually is in her PJs because she's sick, but she doesn't actually seem all that sick for most of this episode. She does not seem as sick as the others. Yeah, like she seems like she's basically okay, but she's probably like, "Oh, there's a sickness going around. I'll, I'm sick. I gotta stay in bed." <laughs> yeah. Um. But what is what happens is while she's on the phone, uh, disaster strikes. And Rini has accidentally fallen out of a window. Yeah, Rini's fallen off a balcony. Yeah. Because she's trying to help with the laundry. This is why I thought 
that she knew that Serena was her mom. Because as she's hanging off the balcony, she goes, Mom, Mom. And she wouldn't call Serena's mom, Mom. She does, though. Yeah, she calls her Ikuko Mommy. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. She, she calls uh, for uh, Ikuko Mommy. Huh. There you go. Which, I mean, again, she, so in other words, like, she knows it's not her mom, but she's she's the mom of the family. I brainwashed Serena's mom to think that that's her niece. No, no, yeah. But, like, in the same way that, like, she, but she's calling her by her name, Mommy. Okay. So it's, it would, I mean, it's sort of like a nickname. It would be like calling someone your auntie, you know, auntie Lynn right. when they're not your actual aunt. But it's except it's you're going like mommy, mommy, mommy Jessica or whatever. Sure. I'll buy it. <laughs> it's weird. Look, it's weird. But she's been doing it for a little while now. That That's the description of everything that happens on this show at this point. Yeah, it's weird, but they've been doing it for a while. So, <laughs> so she literally was trying to help, I guess, hang up sheets to dry. And accidentally tumbled off the balcony and was hanging on by, you know, her arms and uh, trying not to die. And they had to come and save her. And they're just kind of like, oh, like, we're sick. Like, get it together. <laughs> to, to be fair, Rini wants to help. She's trying to do the housework. She's trying to do the cooking. She understands that everybody's sick. And she is kind of pitching in to help out. The problem is that she is – she has all of her mother's ineptness – in a tiny two foot tall package that cannot actually do anything. Yeah, they're they're just like, don't, don't help, go play. And she's like, no, I gotta help. And they're like, yeah. well, you don't need to. So uh, she gets in an argument with Usagi because Usagi's like, yeah, you're not, you're not helping. Rini's like, uh, yeah, well, screw you too. <laughs> so, if, but then Minako, average fourteen year old girl, Minako Aino. Leaps from the street. You mean to the balcony? No, I mean I mean not even Sailor Venus. Uh, Minako jumps from the street to the the balcony. She does a like super like a Spider Man jump. That's the evidence of our of her uh, her superpower. Superpower. Her acrobatic superpower that we talked about. Her her super athleticism, which yeah, I I think it's worth noting because she definitely does a a. 20 foot standing leap. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. She also just throws the sheet back on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I thought, like, wouldn't it be better if she brought the sheet up with her? You'd think, but she just chucks it. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. So she says, you know, yeah, Yusaki, you go into bed. I'll help uh, do everything. And she's like, no, no, I'm almost, I'm almost well. And she's like, get back in bed. And then she does your favorite thing, Chris, and she screws up a saying and she says, remember the old saying, tomorrow is another flu. Yeah, D- not 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 into it. It doesn't make not any not, not into that uh, that quirk. It doesn't. It just doesn't play. It's such a yeah. It doesn't at all. And it's such a, like a weird like. Well, we got to give her something. <laughs> it might as well be this. Well, that makes me feel bad for her as a character. But the rest of the episode is hilarious. So there you are. Uh, so Artemis talks to Luna. Luna burns Artemis. Also, how uh, is she sick? If it was getting flu vaccines, how is Luna sick? You don't get your cat a flu vaccine? <laughs> I'm not a cat owner, so I don't know. No, you don't. Also, very don't few diseases your... travel between cats and people. Okay, but, but what if your cat is also a people? They're only people, like, mentally. They're not physically people. No, I think it started with them giving people the flu vaccine, and that's why the, the monster is a, you know, Pharmacon, when we get to, to her, is a, like, syringe and scalpel, like, doctor monster. Uh, but then it spreads like a normal flu. 
That's what I think happens. But when you get a flu vaccine, you're not getting the flu. No, no, but that's what he's yeah, saying. But this, is, this is an evil vaccine. Oh, of Instead course. of getting the flu vaccine, my mistake, they're giving my mistake. them the flu. They're yeah. giving him a live, a live uh, flu instead of a, a vaccine. Yeah, this did not suddenly become a, a, a Sailor Moon and anti-vax yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> podcast. No, I'm saying in this particular instance, they are like using the. That's why they're they're headquartered out of the hospital in this one because they're spreading it that way, and then it actually spreads like a normal sickness too. Two cats. So Yusagi is in bed. Oh, sorry. Speaking of in bed, I'm tired. So Yusaki is in bed. Get some coffee, Jordan. Focus up, buddy. Come on. <laughs> and Luna is sleeping, like you said. Uh, Luna then, burns Artemis. L- tells yeah. him that uh, fools don't catch colds. Yeah, which again they don't explain in the dub. Is that what they say in the or in the sub? Is that what they said in the dub? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually say it in the sub. They just she just says like you're lucky, but uh, you know you know the saying about those who never catch colds. And he goes, Whoa! and I'm like, what's this? What what's the saying? And I had to look it up, and it's that. Only idiots don't catch colds, apparently. So then the door slides open and we find out that Minako brought two full-on nurse outfits. Two different ones. One for herself, one for Chibiusa. Unless Chibiusa just has one. But one was brought by Minako. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I will remind you, Minako does not have a transformation pen. (laughs) Maybe she borrowed it. Yeah, this was this was a purchase. No, I'm saying maybe she borrowed the the transformation pen. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Does it work for someone who's not Sailor Moon? We don't know. We've never seen anybody try. Does it write? Does it have ink in it? <laughs> yes, I, I'm pretty sure we have seen her write with it. Okay, good. We've seen them write with their. Uh, I guess those are the transformation pens. I think the disguise that was in pen the, is what I'm talking I think that about. That was in the manga, though. No, we we've seen that in the in the show, haven't we? Or maybe it is just in the manga. Um, so yes. uh, Minako starts nursing and uh, obviously completely screws it up, you know, screws up taking her temperature. Even Rini is like, oh, she's hopeless. She's well, let's terrible. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because first of all, Chibi turns the Luna P into a, a nursing kit. I'm not sure. And so out of the nursing kit comes the thermometer. I don't know how she screwed it up the, taking the temperature, but she does. And then she shakes off the thermometer so hard she smashes it through a window. Yeah. <laughs> Then she tapes up the window. So uh, the window again, causes, like, like there's a hurricane going on outside. Apparently, <laughs> like the the window causes gusts, powerful gusts of wind to to erupt through the room. Chris, you're not getting into the details of this episode, and that's what makes it all work. It's because we've been here for four hours. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead. <laughs> so, Minako's like, you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna go make you some rice porridge. And Usagi's like, how about you definitely don't do that? <laughs> So Minako's like, fine, I'm going to go help with all the chores. So we get a montage of Rini and Minako screwing up all the chores, dishwashing, dusting. And we end up with a shot of the Tsukino household living room that looks like it's from Fallout. It has become full-on Mad Max times in the Tsukino living room. It's so funny, though. Were you not cracking up? I mean, yeah, like it's like, no, it's very funny. It's 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 good gags, but it's like a ridiculous amount of destruction. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an, it's an absurd amount that you don't think a real person could really cause. The best thing about it, though, is that uh, the Luna Ball, the Luna P, wears an apron. That's true. Yes. So it is just a, a little like lacy apron tied around this floating sphere. <laughs> very funny. So yeah, you get to see them like actively making everything completely destroyed. 
And then uh, Usagi faints. And that's our commercial break, which is actually, for, for this show, that's a good act break. Because we don't know what's up with Usagi. Is the, the flu getting worse? Is something else happening? And when we come back, we get a dream sequence. And it's Usagi and Memru, and they're together, and they're in formal clothes, and they're just about to kiss. And suddenly, somebody interrupts them, and we see a giant floating Ami scroll by and say, Usagi, we're still in middle school, you know? Yep. And uh, then Ray shows up and says, you're ten years too young to go on a date like this. And I feel like this should have been the recurring dream that Memory was having. (laughs) (laughs) This makes way more sense than the fake-ass disaster future. Like, if if King and Divi was showing up being like, she's 14! Ooh! She's in middle school. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Because last episode, they were all, yes, go after him. Get back together with Darian. And now apparently the the line in the sand is candlelit dinners on Christmas. And and I mean, this is is not a prophetic dream. This is a literal fever dream. (laughs) So this is is a normal dream. This is Uh, an unreasonable dream that you have that maybe you're too young for your boyfriend who's way older than you. (laughs) Completely yeah, unreasonable. Who's, you know, 46 years old. Well, no. Has a, owns a business. No, what business does he own? Has his master's degree in accounting. Probably not. Owns a car and a motorcycle. Well, and is a, a condo. That's also true. He has dead parent money. That's how you get when you're Batman. He's not Batman. Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to be very serious with you right now. <laughs> so, uh, when Usagi wakes up, she talks to Minako and realizes that Minako has been, like, taking care of her. So even though she has not actually been helpful, uh, she is at least, you know, trying and, and being devoted. Which, not a great message, <laughs> I feel like. You know, hey, I, you're making things worse, and that's great. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think that's the lesson. I think, But I think... <sighs> I, I I don't know. Like it's it's about understanding where people are coming from. I mean, listen. Yeah, but I don't think anyone like even Ray was like, you know, oh, Minako doesn't have any malice about this, but she's just you know, Usagi's house has been destroyed. Well, yes, and it's also partially because nobody's stopping her. Yeah, they they put up with it. I mean, if they, they probably could stop her. I don't know. Uh, one thing I wrote about this episode, and I don't remember what scene I wrote it in, so I'm just going to say it now, is uh, for once, Artemis is not the asshole. <laughs> because... Was that about Luna calling him a fool just for not for showing up? No, I think it was It was earlier than that. It was probably one of the times when he was giving her shit, uh, Mina shit, because usually he gives Mina shit and we are like, fuck you, Artemis. Like, suck a dick. You're an asshole. Like when he's like like two episodes ago when he was like... I hope she gets fat. <laughs> Eating cake. I forgot he did that. He absolutely did that. <laughs> but in this one case, he's like, oh, God, she's going to f- screw everything up. And he's right. He's, she is just going to screw everything up. And he's going around going, oh, geez. So this is the first time that he's not the asshole. Uh, and so that's funny. We cut to the hospital. What's this? All, all the doctors and nurses at the hospital are passed out in the hallway. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So uh we get a look at our villain uh who is Pharmacon. I, I love her human design because she looks just robotic enough. 
Like her hair is a little too like solid. It you know they they don't add any of the the lines to it that you get with all the other others. So it absolutely looks like she is you know a weird nurse robot, which is what she's going to turn into even before she has her uh, uh, actual transformation into a monster. No, but then they literally say we'll spread these dark. So basically, they're just giving out medicine and injections. If anybody comes in for any reason, they're like, we're happy to help. Take this pill or take this shot. Your, your call. Right? That, that's what it is? Uh, yeah, they're basically just spreading the virus. But it's really not a virus. It's energy. Well, it's... I mean, dark look, energy. It's, it's dark energy. It's something. <laughs> it's, it's a little difficult to tell if it is a virus they have infected with dark energy or if it's just pure dark energy that mimics the symptoms of the flu. Well, there is a flu going around. We're going to find out later in the episode. There actually is a flu going around because it's wintertime. Sure. Just the normal one though. It just gets the normal amount of people. Um, Let's talk. Let's talk about the other reason their plan sucks. Um, Because. (laughs) Wow. Brutal. Well, listen to this. Mina and uh, Chibi show up to the. Hospital? They say they're going to the pharmacy, uh, but they appear to actually just go to the hospital to get medicine for the family. Uh, well, uh, as Annie told us uh, last week, you know, usually if if you are sick at all, you do go to the hospital in Japan. Uh, sure. That is that is what we heard from Annie. Okay, fine, reasonable, but what they have done is knock out the entire hospital staff, and so there are two people working this hospital. <laughs> Uh, and when we see Esmeralda again, Esmeralda is back in her normal, like normal clothes. So she's wearing her her mini dress with her giant jewels uh, Wait, on her what? chest. When are you talking about that? And but she, on top of that, she's wearing a lab coat and a reflector. Yeah, and, on her head. Yeah, yeah, and a uh, and a stethoscope and high heels and her fan. <laughs> yeah, so there, the, like, so like this is a shitty plan because people are coming to the hospital and going. Uh, well, I would I ideally like to get some medicine, and there's no one there to give it to them. And only because Chibi is a petulant child and runs through the hospital going, where is everybody? <laughs> give me some medicine <laughs> to anyone she sees. Do they actually even find her? And even then, their plan still probably would have worked because they're just like, give me medicine. But instead, they insist on trying to inject her with the stuff, which freaks her out. Kids yeah, do not she's like, a kid and kids yeah. don't like shots. Why would they? They're terrible. I mean, they're not they're not great, but, right. you know, well, look, I mean, they have a function and they're very valuable, but like it's not like nobody. Well, I was going to say nobody likes getting shots. I guess that's probably not true. I'm sure there's somebody out there who loves them. Anita, thoughts on shots? Don't like them. Well, I had to get... Do you not like them enough that you would shoot energy out of your forehead if someone tried to give you one? If I had the ability to shoot moonbeams out of my forehead, I probably would. Yeah, sadly. I either grew out of that or never had it. I don't know if Moonbeam shooting out of your head as a child thing or not. I don't know. Uh, so Venus transforms and shows up, and uh, Esmeralda orders Pharmacon to transform into her monster form. And she is a scary doctor robot in a purple mini dress. <laughs> With one arm as a giant injection needle and one arm is a giant scalpel. Yeah. That's dangerous shit. She's all metallic and shiny. I think she looks really cool. Her she's the, she's is probably so good. The, she's one of the coolest looking monsters we've had in a while. I think since uh, Avocadora, probably who I love, as you know. Pharmacon is a thing, right? Like it's not just the name of a monster. Let's see. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just pharmacology. It's just the name for a biologically active substance. 
So oh, okay, like that a makes sense. drug or or some non-drugs that are also still those. So okay, yeah. I was like that that sounds like a thing that people say. Anyway, okay. So Mina transforms and shows up and we get a genuinely amazing scene because Minako gives a big speech. You know, she she gives the Sailor Moon speech. She goes, you know, oh, I can't believe, you know, you're you're infecting children with diseases. You're unforgivable. Uh, I'm the pretty guardian who fights for love and beauty and uh, introduces herself. She even does like a variation on the uh, I'll punish you pose with the, the Steve Ditko fingers. And Esmerod then launches into an exchange with her where she's like, I can't believe you found our dark hinge. And Mina goes, that's right. I discovered your evil plan. And then Esmerod in the best moment of the entire episode goes so just so we're clear on this you discovered our evil plan and came here definitely on purpose to stop us and mina goes of course i did (laughs) it's great and chibi is like it's pretty great esmeralda actually literally says uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read out the the dialogue. So you're saying that you're aware of our plan to make the entire city sick by spreading medicine laced with dark power from this hospital? Of course I knew that. <laughs> and we get a great reaction so- shot of Chibi going like, "Wow, she's very convincing." It's pretty great. And then Esmeralda thinks that she must have us- underestimated the uh, Sailor Scouts. Yeah. So uh, obviously the other scouts have seen uh, the moonbeam, so they are all trying to make their way to uh, the hospital to help out. And we actually get like a really cool little scene of them. You know, they've got the flu, but they're all kind of struggling to get down the street, even though they've got this severe. Wait a minute. This shot I'm looking at. Yeah. This shot makes no sense. So it's, it's what you're talking about. It's Usagi walking down the street, but it's the first time you see her. She's leaning against a wall, but she's like five feet away from that wall. Like her feet. I think she's just, I think she's just stumbling. No, because then the next shot is her leaning against the wall. Yeah, you're right. That does not match up at all. Like the t- if you cover the bottom half of her body, she's leaning against the wall. No problem. But when you see where her feet are, her feet are like five feet away from the wall. It's, it's crazy. That's pretty funny. Very weird. Does not well, she match does up. have 12 foot of leg <laughs> That's on a good day. That is true. Uh, I, really, I really do like the shots of, uh, of all the scouts, though. Like, especially, uh, obviously, Makoto... Who's like, you know, in a crowd and she's got her fist clenched. She's very determined. She looks really cool. But they've all got, they're, they're all blushing because when you're sick, you blush, I guess. They'll have very, very pink cheeks. So back to the fight, you know, she's shooting croissant beams at her, getting sliced at with a giant scalpel and uh, not doing so bad until all of a sudden the, the monster starts shooting n- giant needle rockets at her. <laughs> yeah. And she gets pinned to the wall, sort of. She does. Uh, I think she's supposed to be pinned to the wall, but she's actually not. Like, none of them hit her or, oh, or pin oh. her to the wall by her clothes or anything. They just kind of no, but stick it's around because, her. It's because of the needle nature of it. It has, like, the thin part, and then it has the big, wider, either glass or plastic part. It's the glass or plastic part that's really... Okay, so you think it's 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 pinning her that way. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so she's just about to get a giant syringe to the heart, but... A single rose flies through the air, shatters the the needle, and uh, and we see Tuxedo Mask showing up. And then Makoto shows up. And then Ami shows up. And everybody shows up. It's a party. It's a party in the hospital. <laughs> and they're all, you know, still sick, but they're fighting on. I feel like Anita might have fallen asleep. <laughs> no, no. 
I'm still here. The problem it's, it's is very keep, late there. No, I, I mean, yes, it is late. It's it's now one in the morning. Um, but I keep getting caught into just listening to you guys talk because I feel like I'm listening to an episode of the podcast and sure. at this point I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still on this. <laughs> My apologies. Um, I just feel like I'm listening to the podcast. Well, definitely jump in whenever you, you, you would wish to. Amy does use everybody except me's favorite attack, bubble spray, to smoke up the Devastating. hospital. Devastating. It works. It makes... Esmeralda every- does say like, oh no, what's happening? Oh no, the ultimate attack, the one spoken of in prophecy, bubble spray. <laughs> Ugh. So me and Mina start is like, you guys are all sick, you shouldn't be here and they're all like, no, you know, we're we're, we're doing all right. Uh in fact, listen, they're doing super all right at this point. At which point I was kind of like does transforming like heal them? And the answer is maybe not because in a moment Sailor Moon falls over weak. Yeah. Sailor Moon uh, falls over and says, like, oh, no, my fever spiked. And then Tuxedo Mask goes, Tuxedo Mask goes, hey, walk it off. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I know you got the flu. I Finish actually wrote this down. It is one of the, like, three things I wrote down. Because what he says in the, the dub is ridiculous. Let your energy shine. Your strong will is what I love the most about you. She's sick. <laughs> so yeah, you do, you do it then, dude. Dude, dude. You're not sick. The deep version is way better. Because it in the deep version, version, he says, Sailor Moon, I strongly believe in you. <laughs> Sailor Moon, if someone asked me if I believe in you, I would choose option five, strongly agree. Do you, and do you know what her response is? Thank you, Tuxedo cool. Mask. Way cool. Way cool. Way cool. Says Sailor Way cool. Moon. So Sailor Pretty Moon epic. swings around uh, the... The cutie moon rod does oh, a halation. Shit. I missed another thing. I'm sorry. Another thing from the Deke dub. Oh, okay. When Sailor Moon okay. is stumbling down that street and leaning against the wall in- inexplicably, uh, what, a- what Artemis says to her is, you can't go fight. You're still half in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> she drunk? That is. And me and Devin were like, Would you, you don't say that just to mean out of it. We, we only say that to mean drunk. Like, that's not a. Yeah, she's been. <laughs> She's been back at home sipping on the scissor. <laughs> that is what he says. So maybe maybe moon healing or maybe moon transforming does heal them. It just didn't didn't cure up her hangover. Uh, pretty funny. Oh, these kids have so many problems. So yeah, moon halation uh, uh, takes out uh, Pharmacon, who dissolves into dust, and her evil jewel shatters, and uh, Japan has been spared. A, a black moon dark energy plague. Uh, but Minako still stuck to the wall. And uh, in the new dub, instead of just saying, hey, can you guys help me? I can't move. They add in. <laughs> they add in, hey, can you guys help me? I really have to pee. What? Yeah, they threw that one in there. Pretty big difference. Meanwhile, Esmeralda is fuming. Again, not laughing now. No, no, nothing to laugh about when you lose. Just trying to put on a show that other time. And yeah. the so the 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 button on the whole episode is of course that everyone is is well now, except the people who were well before. So now, Mina and Artemis are both sick with the real flu. Which again, yeah, I, and she still got her bow in her hair, so yeah, you can tell her apart from Asagi. Sure. Um, and Luna comes by to say, "I guess you're not an idiot since you got the flu." <laughs> Thanks, Luna. But then, uh, uh, Nurse uh, Usagi and Nurse Chibi show up. 
and they made and Usagi's too. wearing a different nurse outfit. There's three no. different nurse no, costumes. That's gotta be from the transformation. That's pen. Mina's. That, that one's probably be from, no. It's a different one. Go back and look. Really, it is a completely different style. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Yeah. But th- I'm sure that comes from the transformation pen because I think it's pretty close to the last time we saw Usagi turn into a nurse. Usagi is going to completely destroy uh, Minako's house now. In what I assume is an act of revenge. <laughs> also, she's just going to be constantly fighting with uh, Chibi. Oh, I just noticed these adorable little mouse balls behind uh, Mina's head. Do you see? I believe them? what you mean is stuffed animals, not adorable <laughs> little mouse balls. <laughs> <laughs> but they're big, round stuffed animals that are also have mouse ears, and they're like balls that got turned into mice. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and that's it. Mouse ball. And uh, that's our episode. I think we all learned a lot. Uh, Jordan, do we have a Sailor Moon says for this one? Of course. My friend Lita sure likes to fight. I'm sure glad she's on our side. But there are other ways to resolve differences, like talking it out. Uh, well, maybe shouting it out. What's important is to listen and hear how the other person feels. You may find your differences aren't as bad as you think. Try listening first. That's what Sailor Moon says. Sailor Moon says? How about Sailor Moon does? Yet another one where Luna... This episode. (laughs) Yeah, yo, no, not at all. And also, as we said, as we said in the first time this one came around, all they do is fight. Every problem they have on this show is solved with a fight. Yeah, they never talk it out with the... uh... Negamoon. Yeah. I guess I guess they kind of talk it out with, with the Spectre sisters, kind of, but they still fight them yeah. first. That's true. That is a ridiculous, ridiculous moral lesson to learn. So I'm sure we learned something a little bit better. Uh, what did we learn from this episode? Uh, Anita, we'll start with you. What did you learn from episode 78 of Sailor Moon R? Don't trust evil nurse robots who give you vaccines or medicine, because it might be a dark moon. <laughs> Infection. I mean, that's. I, I feel like that's a good general rule. Like if an even if a robot with a scalpel hand <laughs> is trying to give you medicine, at least you know, ask around, go to Yelp, read some reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like you know, you should still get a flu shot. No, normal flu shots, awesome. <laughs> Black Moon Clan flu shots, not awesome. I learned. Uh, well, I learned the the fact that only uh, idiots don't catch colds, which uh, is news to me. I never knew. So it's good to know. I can uh, start using that in daily life. I learned that it's totally normal for, for people to just own multiple nurse costumes when when they are not actually themselves nurses. Maybe just every woman in Japan owns one, so they're ready. Uh, look, there's a lot we don't know about Japanese culture, clearly on this show. I doubt that's the case. But you know what? That kind of is borne out by Super Sentai and, and Sailor Moon. So who knows? I like this episode. I think this is a fun episode. I think it's, it's well Super worth watching. Fun. You you insulted it at the beginning. Yeah, because here's my thing. And, and here's the question I think that you need to ask yourselves. Oh, no. Is there anything... Minako does in this episode that would not have been as good or better if it was Usagi doing it. This could have easily been an episode where Usagi was going around and and helping her friends who had gotten sick. Like if you flip that around, like there's no 
there is not at all a reason for it to be Minako. And I think my my problem with the animated Minako, which is something that I think is unavoidable because of her, her start as Sailor V, is that she's just a secondary Usagi with a couple of more annoying quirks. That's why I'm not a huge fan of the episode, is because it's basically Usagi with a bow on her head. Spotlight episode. It's exactly what you said. There's no real difference. And I was kind of hoping that it was different because in my mind, I remember Mina being more adult and more poised and possibly better held or like better put together. And it turns out, no, she's just Usagi with a bow on her head. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is my problem. And, and yeah. I've been told that, that she's going to get better as the story goes on. But it, it's clear to me that even though they were like, oh, we'll do a spotlight episode for Venus, that they still don't know what they want her to be. And I think that that's, that shows very obviously. And again, it's a fun episode, and I think she's fun in it. But watching it, I'm just like, oh, yep, that's that's Usagi with a bow. I'm sad. <laughs> well, don't be sad, George, but it's still a fun episode. But I mean, yeah, you, it was like, still fun. Can you, can you make the, like, is there anything that we get from that is Minako-specific in this episode? No. No, not really. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I just really so, liked it anyway. Yeah, so I, I would say absolutely watch it because uh, it's a fun one. You know, it's it's the the pure definition of a filler episode, but it's it, it's a lot of fun. Anita, any other any other thoughts? Oh, the only other thing I have written down is I like Mina's last, I guess, wrong saying at the end of the episode is this is what it's like to have the foot on the other wild goose chase. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Wait, that's what she that's not what she said in the in the subtitled version. What did she say in the subtitled version? I I I thought she said this is what it feels like to have a shoe on the other foot or a foot on the other shoe, I mean. And I remember I mean thinking, that would have made more sense, I suppose. I was I remember thinking that's not a fucked up one. Did she get it right this time? I don't no, know. No, she absolutely does not. No, she, she had it wrong in the Vince dub. All right. Well, it was still fun anyway, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, still a fun episode. Though she says, this is what it's like to have the shoe on the other foot. Yeah, in the subtitle, she does not mess it up. They give her they give yeah. her an extra one in the, in the new dub. Not really relevant to the discussion. <laughs> I like her saying, like, I like the wild goose chase one, but it does not make sense. Uh, so, yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Anita, thank you so much for joining us and staying up so late to uh, to record with us. This was awesome of you. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Absolutely. Before we let you go, can you remind everybody where they can find you online? I'm on Instagram at AquamanReese, A-Q-U-A-M-A-N-R-E-E. I'm also on Twitter under the same handle, but as mentioned, there's nothing there. There's two (laughs) tweets. They're two great tweets. (laughs) Two great tweets about this podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If all of our listeners follow you, maybe you'll be inspired to do more. It'll just be about this show, probably. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> um, I'm up on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. Our great production and editing person for the podcast is Jake Mason. He's on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. And also check out the Morphin Grid, his Power Rangers podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the ISB. That's also my Tumblr. Uh, you can email the show at SailorBusinessPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like I said last week, my Sailor Moon Drops friend list is full. I'm sorry. Uh, we got a lot of, after I put the, the call out on the show, I got so many friend requests from people with Sailor Business uh, specific names. And I feel super bad about it. 
that I can't have them all be friends because we got uh, we got Tuxedo Hot Pocket. We got Block of Wood. We got Act Sorry was one that I was sure was going to be Jordan. Yes. No, that wasn't me. I just used my name. (laughs) So uh, I I promise I'm not consciously ignoring everybody who sent me a friend request, but I am I am full. They only let you have 30. Uh, Remember to head over to the uh, Sailor Business Shirt Club at sailorbusiness.ttoki.com. You can get a, a moon pudding shirt. F- until uh, mid-June, I think it is. So make sure you get them in early, and we'll uh, have the cutoff date that we will announce on uh, the the Twitter account at Sailor Business uh, as well. And uh, let us know what uh, you'd like to see on future shirts, or if you're an artist and you want to uh, do a shirt for us. There, There is money involved, so uh, let us know. That does it for this week. We're going to be back next week with another Spotlight episode, and it's an Artemis spotlight. I don't think we've ever had one of those before. But if it's if it's half as good as the Luna spotlight, it'll be the second best episode of Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be Excellent. back with Artemis's adventure, the Monster Animal Kingdom. And until then, keep your mind on Sailor business. You're still half in the bag. You should go back to bed.